funniest player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. We deserve this win, man. Fox Sports 5 flying high in Motown. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate. And just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, it's about a decade and a half, and then being the first team that actually gets to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento. Like that's that's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do than with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunes. And today, joining me is uh, one of my best friends. It's actually a great example of the craziness of the internet because I've never met this guy in real life, but it'll happen at some point. And I can genuinely call him one of my best friends. But Adam Taylor covers the Boston Celtics for Celtics blog, also does a lot of general NBA stuff. Um, You and I are talking about the entire league as a whole all the time. You do some script writing as well. We both do a little bit of general NBA writing. Um, So today, the idea is to go through our award predictions for 2021-22, and I thought that your perspective of the Eastern Conference and mine of the West, and we also, like I said, are both paying attention to the league as a whole in general, of course, would make for a good balance here. So like I said, this is Adam Taylor at Adam Taylor NBA, but what's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, that's the best intro I've ever heard in my entire life, dude. It better be. Got be. me all in the feels, man. One yeah. of your best first time you ever said that. Nah, that is dude, crazy, um, by the way. Like, yeah, it's wild, dude. But like, we were just talking off air about you know, you flying out and chilling out here for a while, and me flying out there, catching some sunshine because I ain't getting no sunshine here, that's for sure. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it is crazy. We speak what at least once a day, every yeah. day. You know, let's just okay, so let's go like trip down memory lane real quick. We started. How many years ago now? Because you, I, I guess like listeners probably don't really know. I, you were the person that I like started doing this with. I guess yeah. that I had my own like BS website that probably looked horrible that anybody the could distributor, make. The, the distributor. Yeah, that's a badass name. You better check yourself. That's a badass <laughs> name. That's all I had going though was the name. Um, and I was just putting that's up that some random. random. Of that was. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, and I was just putting up random articles that I like was just starting and you just DM me one day, you started a Celtics website, right? And that's how yes, it started. Sir. And that is why King's Pulse is called King's Pulse because yes. the website was called Celtics Pulse and you one day was like, Hey, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm kind of really into the Kings now. I think I'm going to, we was doing a podcast. We was doing the Celtics Pulse podcast. And then you were just like, Hey dude, you know what? I, I'm not going to do this no more. I'm going to go off and do the Kings. And I I'm gonna call it King's Pulse. And uh yo, you've come you've come a long way since then, but we both have, but like seeing you crushing it, you're on blue wire now. You know, you got um probably what arguably, if not unequivocally, the biggest King's podcast out there at this point. So like the growth's been crazy, dude. It's been like what a five year, a five year journey. Has it been five? So I thought it was like three. 
and a half. Now I've been married nearly three years, and I remember that you you held down the Celtics podcast while I was in LA and Vegas getting married. Mm. And mm-hmm. we've been doing it for about a season at that point. So four, say four. This will be our fifth season. It's crazy. So yeah, That's coming crazy. close to five years, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's been a hot minute, man. And we, like, we spoke has. every day for like those four, four and a half, five years. Like, yeah. uh, the power of the uh, internet and the power of sports. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, man, I'm so glad that WhatsApp is free messaging because our phone bills would have been ridiculous, dude. Seriously. Seriously. But yes, uh, that's just a little bit of background. Um, I told so, Brendan had to make English tea. You did. Okay, so uh, I gave him like a, a video and I had to video it with an instructional on how to make tea correctly because he yeah. was butchering it, guys. I wasn't putting milk in it. I was just, I do like a little throat coat thing every once in a while, you know, with just like some honey, I guess. But yeah, no, you had to educate me. Apparently, I don't know. You were just like making like coffee, I guess, right? Like just milk and uh, sugar. Uh, it's so funny because you sent me though, a right? picture. I remember this. You sent me a picture that said, this is the color it should look like. Like you yes. told me the exact type of bag to get. It's the, um, oh, we got to put people on. It's the pyramid bags. TP, PG tips. PG, PG tips. tips. Pyramid um, bags. And yeah, you just said some sugar and some milk. And I'll never forget, you sent me a picture. You said, this is the color it should look like. And I can't tell you how many times I looked at that picture when I was making my tea. I'm like, no, nah, this isn't the right color. I'm like, listen, this, this is the guy to listen to for sure. Um, oh, dude, you know how many times it's made me laugh though when I'm like, oh, we're about to record a podcast to go. Because for anybody listening, like we record random podcasts, random shows all the time. And Brenda's like, be, be, give me two minutes. I'm just making tea. And I'm like, dude, when I first met you, that was never a sentence. You're like, oh, well, my boys give me shit for it. And yeah. It was funny too, man. Funny yeah. I've had that influence, dude. It's definitely funny. But yeah, longtime friends. And you got uh, me saying hella. Hella? Good. That's a Bay Area thing. I don't even know if the listeners say that. By the way, uh, never mind. I was, yeah, never mind. I was going to say something that. All right, whatever. I can't just not say it. Sacramento's not the Bay Area. I hate if any of you guys are claiming the Bay Area, like, I love all my listeners. This is so stupid that I'm doing this. Uh, Sacramento's not the Bay Area. And I just don't think people say hella here in the same way. So that's definitely I'm very confident this doesn't make it to air. Brendan's going to bail out of having the confidence to release this. You think I'm going to care enough to edit this? I'm not putting in the time to edit this. Come on. Well, here my dumbass is actually editing this. And it turns out I ran this by the King's Herald guys, verifying that. Sacramento is not the Bay Area, and uh, none of them were all too happy with me because apparently only Bay Area people ever talk about Sacramento not being the Bay Area. So, whatever. Sorry to anybody out there. Apparently, I'm just one of those guys, but it is what it is. So, still stand by my point. Sacramento is not the Bay Area. Just saying. (laughs) All right. Awards. 2021-22 NBA Awards. And I'm sorry this one isn't Kings-focused, but... Um, Biggest podcast yeah. suicide of the year, Brendan right. Nunes. Right, yeah. All the people that think, yeah, Sacramento's Bay Area are going to come at me. I already know. I think I already have like two names in mind that are going to message me and talk crap about this. But it's all funny games. Obviously, I love Sacramento. Um, and yeah, sorry this isn't Kings-focused, but I think the entire league is relevance and it's important to know what's going on in the rest of the league and it's always fun to do some of these predictions so um i'll I'll end up tweeting these out after as well and anybody listening if you have your own predictions definitely lay them out and the plan today is to go through mvp defense player of the year six man most improved coach of the year 
and rookie of the year. And we're going to list our one, two, three for each of them and a sleeper. And some of them felt kind of boring because it's like, I mean, how do you not just put some of the same guys as last year? But do you have one we want to start with? I mean, do we just start at the top? I mean, you start with MVP just because you want to get it out the way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm scrolling up because I sent you mine earlier. I think that we go, and I saw you sent them to me, but I really did my best to not look at them because I wanted reactions. I just put them there because I needed to be able to visualize what I was writing. Yeah, and you haven't heard mine yet, actually. But they're going to be awful. Yeah, awful, as usual. I, they're all Kings players, don't you know? Yeah, it's Luke Hall and Coach. All right, Steve. number one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got me on that one. You got me on that one. <laughs> Doug Christie, Coach of the Year. Um, I am going to go. I think that we just do all name all three of mine, and then you'll name all three of yours, and then we'll name our sleepers after that. Let's so, MVP, I'm going Joel Embiid first. I think that Embiid has a whole lot to prove. Um, he was already up there when it came to voting last season obviously just extremely dominant and if he's going to have more spacing alongside him assuming that Simmons is no longer there I think that defensively that could be a little bit of a struggle for him but a lot of the MVP has to do with you know being one of the best teams in the league obviously which I think Philly's going to check that box they were number one in the east last year and putting up offensive numbers and I think that Embiid could benefit from not having Simmons on offense with him so I went with Embiid first there. And second, I ended up going with Luka Doncic. And Luka's interesting. I I think Luka could totally win it, but I just don't know that his team is going to be good enough. Like, I think Westbrook was the last guy that had like a notably not top of the conference team or towards the top and still won the MVP. And that's just because he had ridiculous stat lines. So I I think Luka is just going to be clearly one of the best players in the league. And this is just going to be about his team success. And I think that's already been the case really. And the third one, I just went Giannis. I mean, like, I think the only reason Giannis hasn't been winning recently is just kind of like some voter fatigue. Right. Um, And I think that there's a good chance that the bucks are again, one of the best teams in the league. And Giannis is clearly the best player on that team. Like freaky dominant. So can I just say that for me, Giannis is not one of my favorite players in the league. I, I like. I think I know he's amazing. Uh, he's fun to watch, but I just think that his uh, his style can be a little bit repetitive. You like James um, Harden? He's just not skilled. If I was that big, <laughs> but like Giannis is one of my favorite personalities in the league, dude. Like I think he's probably the most relatable person in terms of like. The, the, the terrible jokes he says, the way his girlfriend's always on his Instagram telling him off. He's like, saying I need to get one like, of those bells. I need to get yeah. one of those bells. She's like, Yanis, you can't say that. Like, um, so like he's so relatable in that sense that you can't help but love the guy. I just wanted to get that out there because I do, he's like, uh, he's just box office. Every time he does something on social media, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the only one, I've got two different to you. So I don't have Embiid because I'm just like, Embiid is always going to come down to health, and I just don't think he's durable enough to make it for a season. Uh, at this point, maybe you could, you know, he might have lost a bit more weight. He might have worked on his body a bit more. And he, he did have a comment the other day saying, he, in order to dominate, he needs to be in the best shape of his life. So maybe he uh, he figures it out there, but I don't have him in my list. Who did you have as your sleeper? Did I cut you off? No, I. So I was going to say, you do, I'll do one, my one, two, three, you do your one, two, okay. three, and then we'll do our sleepers. So I've got Luca as my number one. I think that um, 
There was some comments the other day. Um, Jay, J- Josh Richardson during the Celtics media day was saying like um, he was talking about playing with Luca and what he expects the differences to be between playing with Luca and playing with Tatum. And um, Richardson was like, "Yo, when you play with Luca, you're getting where you fit in. It's that simple, right?" And then Jason Kidd came on for the uh, the Mavs media day. I was on that media. That was cool. Um, and he was like, uh, yeah, just flexing a little bit, you know. Um, and he was like, yo, Luca needs to realize that you know, there's other people around him that he can build up by passing more and blah. And I just felt yeah, they knew that they, they, they meshed together quite well. And obviously, when someone who was as good a distributor as Brendan Nunes's website slash Jason Kidd during his playing days was don't um, attach Jason Kidd to my website. How dare you? I'm, I'm attaching <laughs> your website to Jason Kidd. <laughs> But, you know, you're going to listen. So I think if Luca can improve his playmaking and his willingness to pass, then he's the clear MVP because that's a huge jump for him in one of his biggest weaknesses. Uh, I've got Bran at number two because, you know, you never put baby in a corner. I think Bran's going to come out and really, really want to just have one last dominant year before his body just succumbs to the fact that he's old. Um, I was really close to putting AD. AD is my number three. Ah, I've got AD as number three. Did I have AD? No, I didn't. Sorry. AD, I wanted to put AD at three, but I went with Giannis. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then sleeper. I went with Bradley Beal. I think that, you know, Beal is a ridiculous scorer. We've seen some of the scoring stretches that he's put up. If his team was competent, I mean, they'd have to be above competent, that I think he would get real consideration. And I... I mean, I fell into this trap last year. I thought the Wizards were lock for, locks for the playoffs last year, and they disappointed. But I'm a big Spencer Dinwiddie guy. I think the depth of that team is promising. You know, Rui Hachimura, whenever he returns from whatever his personal issues is, hope everything's good with him. Um, Denny Abdia, with another year under him, has some um, versatility. Bertans being healthy. Montres Harrell and Thomas Bryant is a really electric center rotation on offense. Um, Kuzma and KCP, like, I think they have a deep team this year. And I don't think that you could really say that before. So that's just my sleeper. And it's all dependent on the Wizards being decent. So I've done a lot of diving into the Wizards recently, just because of the way they've been connected to the Celtics and stuff. Uh, The one thing I'd say is what they've done is what I've really liked is Bradley Beal's become, you know, there's rumors that Bradley Beal might want out at the end of his contract. So instead of just kind of forcing him to stay, they've gave him reasons to stay by going through a competitive rebuild. I don't see him being a sleeper for MVP simply because I just don't think the team's going to be good enough. So I haven't put him in there. I have done a little bit of homerism here, but I think it's more than valid. So my sleeper is Jason Tatum. Um, look, if we're being fair, the dude's probably, what, top 15 in the league already. I think if his playmaking takes another jump because it took a jump last year and he you know, shows a little bit more aggression getting to the line, then he's probably going to be one of the top five, top six leading scorers in the league. If he's, you know, assisting on what, say six or seven assists per game on a good assist to turnover ratio and his defense, off his off-ball defense gets back to a level of like 18 months ago. Uh, he's definitely, and he leads Boston to a finals or a conference finals, I think, or at least to a first seeding because, you know, the MVP will only go that far. If he leads the Celtics to a top three seed, dominates in the scoring and assist category, is a solid defensive presence. I think he could be a sleeper for MVP. And if it's not this year, it will be in the next few years anyway. Yeah. You're going to get called out on homerism for this for some reason. But like, I admit I, it. I, well, I don't even think that like 
it's that crazy as a sleeper, you know, like, I, I don't know who you're supposed to put as sleepers. Like the whole thing with these sleepers is I'm not going to put the guy that I would have put forth as my sleeper. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not doing it. I've got yeah. two Celtics in all of my lists and both of them are sleepers and both of them. I feel like a genuine candidate as an outside bet. Cause that's what I have yeah. a sleeper is, is he's, uh, he's the Pluto of the of the bet, you know. He's not really a planet, but maybe he is. He's not really a not really a candidate for this, but maybe he is. Depends on what what telescope you look at. You know, I'm just going scientific. Right. I'm sorry. You're funny. Yeah, I've uh, that's the first Pluto reference, Pluto metaphor I've ever done. The first planet metaphor. I really got to expand on these things here. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I think Tatum's an MVP at some point. Do you in think? His ta- do you think Pluto's a planet, or do you think it's a star? I think that. I don't want to hurt Pluto's feelings, so I'll call it a planet. And apparently some people feel a way about it. I don't really care. I don't really yeah. care. Some people feel a real way about it, dude. Like, yeah. I don't really, it's, like, it's not if, affecting Maybe me. if I whisper, I won't hurt their feelings. I, I, I'm not trying to live on Pluto, so I don't really care. No, yeah. But I'm okay with Earth, to be I'm honest. already somewhere quite cold. I'm not going further away from the sun. Like, right. That's not happening, dude. <laughs> right. Okay, so my one, two, three, we'll just run through them real quick again. Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yours was Luka Doncic, LeBron James, and Giannis. Yes. Got it. Second, I think we go defensive player of the year. This one's a boring one, too. Like, get the boring ones out of the way, dude. I mean, so last year, let me pull this up again here. Rudy Gobert won again. 84 first place votes. Out of 100. Jazz were phenomenal. I think they might have ended up with the best record in the league. I know they were first in the West. I don't know how you don't put Gobert. Like, I don't know. It's boring, but I did put Gobert first. Please please refer to him by his correct name, the Stifle Tower. The Stifle Tower. Yeah. I'm I'm glad he – does he embrace that one? He should do because that's genius. Whoever came up with that was really on form that day. I thought Durantula was good too, but apparently, yeah, I don't know. Iggy is a good one. He doesn't like it. Whatever. Rudy Gobert. Sorry, the Stifle Tower. And then second, I'm putting Bam out of bio. I yes, freaking love Bam. I think he's just the most modern NBA big man on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I think he's damn good on offense too. Um, but I guess he doesn't have the shooting that would make him like fully modern or whatever. But yeah, I mean, like that block that he had against Tatum as a prime example was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. And also was, yeah, that one hurt, but um, ridiculous rim protection. And then he's also got great perimeter containment. And I think a lot of it is that I think Miami's going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league this year. And I think that it's going to be because of a lot of guys on that roster, Lowry, Jimmy, uh, PJ Tucker, Kizzy Akpala, but I think Bam is going to be the engine and, and get a lot of the credit for that. Um, third, I went with Ben Simmons. Best, I think best one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And his versatility is also ridiculous to go from guarding Bradley Beal, Paul George to guarding Trey Young. Um, I mean, he, he just, can guard I had Jackson Frank on here. He said 1.5 to 4.5. So, you know, occasionally guard some ones and fives, but really can guard every single two to four in the league. Um, and I think that versatility is just ridiculous. Future King, Ben Simmons going third. Yeah, the thing with me and Simmons is how many games is he going to miss before he gets traded? None. And He's going to be traded like this week to the Kings. 
And how and how much is that going to impact any chance he's got of winning any individual awards this year? You know, if we're being realistic, he might yeah, sit the first 15, 20 games. So I don't have him on any of my awards simply because we just don't know where he's going to end up, what the fit's going to be like, or if he's even going to play for the first couple of months of the season. So I don't have him as an award. I see the reasoning behind it. His versatility is ridiculous. Um, I like that 1.5 to 4.5 too. But um, I just can't put him on a list because I just don't know if he's going to play. Yeah. So I've got one other thing real quick, because this is like the only way I can tie this into the Kings for a bit for throughout this episode. Like, I wonder if Simmons gets traded to the Kings and like they were the worst defense of all time last year. And like, he's clearly a really good defender, but they're still like 20th in defensive rating. Can you get consideration for a defensive player of the year when like your team so. as a whole sucks on defense still? I mean, at the end of the day, defense is one of the true team orientated parts of the sport in my opinion yeah. you can be a phenomenal individual offensive piece but you to be in a phenomenal in um defensive piece you need to raise the floor of the entire team's defensive unit and i think that takes more than just one guy unfortunately yeah so yeah. that'd be what i mean you throw you the difference is though like you throw rudy gobert onto there and onto the kings instead of Ben Simmons, are you, you you know, do you have a top 15, top 10 defense at that point? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And it's interesting because they're like a little different, right? Like one of them cleans oh, completely up different. after the other guys, which I don't think is like quite Simmons MO. Yeah. But, you, yeah. you funnel towards Embiid. No, not towards Embiid. So you funnel towards Gobert. Yeah. Simmons is one, is a stopper. That's what he's going to do. Right. Um, for my top three, I went Stifle Tower. Then I went. Um, then I went Giannis because I think Giannis at the five during the playoffs was um, was just different level, dude. He like the way they were using him in. Uh, I like to call it the shuttle role. Uh, everyone I, like that's not a real term. It's just a term that I kind of made up myself, and that's basically where you're being ran in the drop, but instead of just guarding people on a vertical line, you get you you've got that free safety kind of ability, so you can. You're, you're playing drop defense, but you don't have to stay in front of one guy. You can sprint out to close out on a guy or you can contain somebody to cut in mid-range or, you know, um, be a tag man on an Iverson cut or whatever it wants to be. So I think that Embiid, sorry, I keep talking Embiid, Giannis at the five playing in that kind of like free safety shuttle role was uh, ridiculous. He shut down Devin Booker, he shut down Chris Paul for stretches in that mid-range. Um, I think Milwaukee are going to run him there a lot this year. So uh, I've got him as my number two on defensive player. Really. And then number three is where I had Bam. And I think you covered everything on Bam. The only thing I'd like to add is his mobility. Like uh, the guy can change directions so fast for a guy of his size. Hips. Yep. He can flip his hip. Like he literally just flips his hips. The angles just change really quick. Uh, it doesn't seem to lose balance when changing direction, which some of the other big guys in the league do, which usually takes us like half a step away from them while they re- reestablish their center of gravity. <laughs> so I've got Bam as number three. So Stifle Tower one, Giannis two, and then Bam at three. All right, you go first on the sleeper this time. You want me first on the sleeper? I've got Matisse Feibel. Ooh. I like Matisse Feibel. Again, he's the Pluto of defensive player of the years. Yeah, the Pluto. We got like a different planets in here. All right, so mine, the Jupiter. I See, I don't even know why what that means when I say that, but. The Jupiter because no, this guy doesn't have any rings. It doesn't work. Is Jupiter is the one with rings? No, Saturn's the one with rings. Um, yeah, see, I'm not a space guy. Tell me the player and I'll see if I can find out why he's Jupiter. Clint Capella. I think a lot of this is going to have to do with the 
Hawks being better this year. And I don't know how much I believe that. I think they're getting a little overhyped, but I do think it's a possible outcome that the Hawks are a really high seed in the Eastern Conference. And Clint Capella is just so essential to them defensively. So the reason Clint Capella would be Jupiter is because the way Atlanta play basketball is where there's beauty and chaos, right? There's so much going on. And Clint Capella is the guy that stays calm in the middle of the storm because Jupiter is the one with the big storm. So we said at the beginning, we've known each other for like five years now, talked every day. I didn't know you were a planet guy. Are you a planet guy or like a space guy? No, my daughter's really big into science. So we do a lot of science stuff. So you're just a good dad. I try. I try. You are. You are. All right. Well, I hope you know you're committing to this bit now. We got to figure this out for all the sleepers. Good luck. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So mine was Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo. Sorry, the Stifle Tower, Bam Adebayo and Ben Simmons. Yours is the Stifle Tower, Giannis and Bam. Yes. All right. With Tybal as my sleeper. And I got Clint Capella. Okay. Let's do let's do coach of the year because I think this one's boring too. I think the other one. No, no, no. no. Let's Luke do six Orton. man. Let's do six yeah, man. Let's, do we have to do coach of the year? Let's just say Luke Walton wins and we'll be done. Yeah, and just call it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the obvious podcast. choice, you know. Well, if we're going obvious <sighs> choice, it's in May Udoka. But um Yeah. I, I can't, yeah. There's so we don't need to talk coach, about Twitch. There's coaches. so many new coaches this year that we just don't, like, it's a real uneven playing field right now because the, a lot of them are first-time coaches. We don't know what they're going to be like. You know, uh, what's Wesleyan South Jr. going to be like? What's Willie Green going to be like? What's Udoka yeah. going to be like? Uh, so let's just, I'd, I'd say that coach of the year is a bit unfair. We'll just go Luke Walton, Dwayne Casey, Greg Popovich. Yeah, I had to do an article the other day of three coaches I thought would be on the hot, could find themselves on the hot seat this year. And originally I was going to do five. And then I was like, oh man, there was like eight coaching changes this offseason. So there's definitely not that many guys. Luke Walton made my list though. Just saying. It was Luke Walton, Scott Brooks. And then I did throw, uh, no, not Scott Brooks, Luke Walton, Billy Donovan, I threw in there, who. Billy Donovan did okay. Like he had those good years in OKC, but I think that if things go south in Chicago, which is a hard job that he would get the blame. And then Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers got a lot of crap last year. Um, he's got some narrative behind him, but anyways, that's a whole There's different thing. There's a lot thing. saying he, he's developed a toxic, toxic work culture in Philadelphia at the moment. So I can see, I can see Doc being the, the most likely. Luke Walton's been trashed for a few years and kept that job. So he ain't going nowhere, dude. Yeah. Shout out Luke. Shout out Luke. If any um, Kings front office are listening to this, then um, I am willing to apologize for this in return for season tickets and a place to live. In I got you on the place California. to live. They just got to play for your flight here. We'll be all they right. Gotta help me bring the kid though, dude. Yeah. And the wife. It's true. It's you true. Know? We might got need some help. Family to, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, they just got this new dial pad sponsorship. Make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, right after we just talk shit about their head coach i'm sure they'll do us a favor for sure um all right let's stick with coach of the year then i did uh are we doing it i thought we just talked ourselves out let's just do it real quick let's do it real quick but this is just to me either like the top of the conference with some of these guys or teams i think that are over gonna overperform and i talked up the team a little earlier i put eric spolstra for my number one I think Miami yeah. is going to be really, really good. We're going and, to do this together then, so I concur. Okay. Two, I I put Steve Nash. And I think this is just like, it's kind of boring, but I just think the Nets are going to be really, really good. Like, you know, it, it's hard to not give that guy coach of the year consideration. Like, I don't think that that would be my pick, 
but I do think when it comes to voting, that Nash is going to be a popular one. Um, I got Mike Budenholzer at two. Okay. Yeah. After after all the crap he got at the end of last year, I was one of the ones leading that vocal bandwagon, but. I liked um I liked that interview we did with Zach Lowe just after day one. I love the way Zach Lowe does that every year as well. Um, big Zach Lowe guy, but uh, I liked the way he was kind of like, yeah, people are going to talk, you know. I hear what everybody's going to say, but at the end of the day, you just do what you know is going to help you win. So uh, now I've got Buden and Budenholz is a great regular season coach that now has a championship ring, so maybe he's a good postseason coach. Who knows? But he's definitely number two on my list. There you go. Yeah, I think you're totally right, by the way. Budenholzer is a great um, regular season coach, and that's what this award is. So third up, Monty Williams. Um, I, I think that there also could be a little bit of carryover from some people that felt like he deserved it last year. And I think that Phoenix is going to be really good. One of the things with Phoenix is they just have so much continuity in their roster. So I think that Phoenix is not really going to have too much of a down part of the year, um, maybe outside of some random injury, bad luck, or things like that. But that's my three. Eric Spolstra, Steve Nash, Monty Williams. Who's your third? I've got Vogel. Frank Vogel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just I think it's hard because... to argue against teams that are just going to be damn good. Yeah, like, I can't give it to Steve Nash. Like, this is realistically, in my opinion, like, last year we had the training wheels on because Mike D'Antoni was there drawing up offensive sets for him. If I'm not mistaken, D'Antoni is not in that, like, roster, that coaching staff no more. I'm going to check, but I, I – think so yeah he's on the pelicans actually yeah so those training wheels are officially off for steve nash you no longer have one of the best offensive minds in in terms of a coach drawing up your plays for you so i think that this realistically is uh you know when you've got a kid riding a site learning to ride a, a bike and you take the training wheels off and you pretend you're behind them but you're not really holding on to them but they think you are and you're just waiting to see whether they ride the site bike or they fall what planet are they riding to I don't know. They're going close to Venus. Um, Venus is the closest planet to us, dude. It's the, no, it's the brightest one in the sky. You could be BSing me. I'd have no clue, but yeah, I believe you. Um, I hope it's the right one. Anyway, I think so, so. I, feel, I feel like that's what Dan... No, Mars isn't as close as Venus. Oh. Or maybe it's just because Venus is bigger. I don't know, dude. I'm not an astrologist. Don't worry. Um, we, I guarantee you we have no space experts listening to this. How do you know? No, yeah, you're probably right. You see, if we was doing a Rockets podcast, it'd probably be a bunch. I thought about this, and I thank God I'm not a Rockets fan. So what's Sacramento known for? Rivers. So we can't talk fishing. Yeah, I definitely can't talk fishing. <laughs> I like to fish, but I never do it. So I don't know what that says about me, I guess. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like seafood, so I never fish. Um, and over this, yeah, actually, I forgot yeah, about that. Okay, my sleeper. Lives. I was gonna go for Dude, my fishing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go ahead. Go ahead. If it lives in the water, you don't eat it. If it lives on the top of the water, like a duck, then it's okay to eat. You can continue like a now. duck. I like, like a, duck. a duck, is duck. the first thing you think of. Duck is delicious. What else lives on top of the water that you eat aside from a duck? Do you have bigger another example? Like a, like bigger, a ducks. <laughs> bigger ducks, bigger ducks, <laughs> like a goose. <laughs> That was a great answer. Would like you... a, I like goose goose fat on my like you ever cook things in goose fat? No. You know, I, like I bet you some potatoes, people do. Dude. You know roast potatoes. Uh-huh. You know, baste them in goose fat before you cook them, and they are they're different. They're just different, dude. They hit different. Interesting. And that's a bigger duck. Yeah. 
a bigger See? duck, just like shit. Who was your sleeper? Oh, to my coach of the year. I don't yeah. know, dude. I didn't have one of them being quite honest. That's fine. Coach is a difficult one. I put Rick Carlisle, oh. but like that doesn't oh, even feel like a, a sleeper. Like I think but that, it is though, because he's on the paces and they're just so disjointed in terms of like roster construction right now. Yeah. But I think yeah, like let's in, go Rick Carlisle. I almost put like freaking Popovich as my sleeper, but I'm like, I was one of the best coaches in the league. I don't know how I'm supposed to call him a sleeper, but it's hard to pick a sleeper when it comes to coaches. Sleeper is Luke Walton because he's asleep on the sidelines. It's, it's just high, dude. I feel so bad. I, I don't mean to shit on him so bad. I'm sure Luke's a great guy. I'm sure he's just Luke's high all the time, dude. <laughs> um. All right. So what was yours again? I said Spolcher Nash Williams. I don't remember what I said. I went Spolstra, Budenholzer. Yeah. And then you went uh, Vogel. Vogel. There we All go. right. So now we get and fun ones. Duck and bigger duck. Yeah. 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 The ducks, the bigger ducks. And then, yeah, some of the guys. It's like, D, it's like the mighty ducks and then D2, the mighty ducks. Mm. Is it bad that I've never seen that? It is bad that I've never seen Considering that. Considering you grew up in like Disney, near Disneyland, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I think it's like an Anaheim thing. Yeah, yeah. dude. It's in Anaheim. Yeah. Probably, oh, just I'm just uncultured. To... I'm uncultured. I sit here and be like, Sacramento's not the Bay Area and talk shit. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Mighty Ducks. I don't know what planet is where. I feel like where. I've got more of a grip on American culture than you. Probably. Probably. I'm just oblivious to my surroundings. But yeah, if you want to talk to me about Kings, I think I got you there. That's like the one aspect I got here. Um, all right. Six man of the year. The voting last year ended up being two Utah Jazz players at the top, which is hilarious. And it's because they're starting Royce O'Neal and Bojan Bogdanovich, two great guys, but like, I think they're more complimentary to the starting lineup that they already have of um, the other three being Mitchell Conley and Gobert. And I just couldn't not put Clarkson first. I think it's one of those things where it's just, it kind of seems to be whoever's averaging the most points coming off the bench has a pretty damn good chance at the award. And Clarkson put up numbers last year. So I ended up putting Clarkson first. I, I tried to not put Ingles second just for fun, I guess. Like, it felt really boring to do, but he does seem like the clear guy. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm switching, and I'm putting Ingles second. Um, I, I mean, it's just when it comes to production off the bench, like, Ingles is going to be closing games for them. Um, and, yeah, he's really a starter. He's that just happens to not be out there for tip off. So it's hard for me to not put those two guys last year. They got 99 between them of the possible hundred per first place votes. So kind of hard to pick against those guys. And I get that they're pretty boring picks. Um, but then to spice it up after third, I put whichever one of Tim Hardaway jr. Or Jalen Brunson isn't starting. I don't know which one it is, but it's going to be one of those guys not starting. Um, and I think either one there is is going to prove to be really valuable and, and a quality guy off the bench. So that's my three. Clarkson, Ingles, and then whichever one of Hardaway Jr. or Brunson isn't starting in Dallas. So I've told myself that Brunson's not starting in Dallas just for this. And I've told myself that <laughs> Johnson, go. Brunson's going to take a little bit of a jump. And I've got Brunson as my um, front runner for six man of the year this year because I, I, I think he was exceptional last year. He was one of the most fun guys to watch in a Dallas uniform, not named Doncic. Um, yeah, he ended fourth in total voting, by the way. Yeah, I think he was um, really underrated for the majority of last year. Uh, I think the second is probably going to be Jordan Clarkson. 
Um, and then for my third one, I've got somebody that's just moved teams that's going to be in a six-man-of-the-year role that really filled a need last year is um, George Hill. Oh, I think I think George Hill could be um, a really good opportunity there um, because he's going to be in Milwaukee playing. He's replaced Jeff Teague. I saw you go to look it up there. Shut up. I, um, I was like, shit, where does George Hill at now? <laughs> uh, Jeff Teague left and George Hill is now the first point guard off the bench for the Bucks. I think he's going to get a really good role there. It's going to suit the way he wants to play. And um, I think he's going to be highly impactful off the bench for him. So I've got him as a possible six-man of the year candidate. I like it. He's going back to Milwaukee, right? Yeah, I think he's been there before. And he yeah, he spent two years, 18, yeah. 19, 19, 20. Yeah. I think, yeah, that off-ball role is really good for George Hill. Sleeper, you go first. I got Kobe White. Ooh. As a sleeper, because Lonzo Balls came in, pushed Kobe White onto the bench. I think Kobe's going to have his nose a little bit disjointed, feel a little bit, uh, feel a certain type of way about this kind of downgrade. But, you know, Lonzo's coming, he's clearly the more talented point guard. But I think this is where Kobe White feels like he should excel. Like he's never really felt like a starting caliber guard to me. Like I think he's more at the level he's at at the moment, he's more fitted to a bench unit than he is to a starting lineup. So I think he's a he's a good outside bet as a six man of the year. I love that one. Um, I think Kobe White is like the definition of what I talked about. I feel like usually the six man is like who scores the most point off the bench. And I think White is like that guy. I also think that White is like a decent candidate to be traded this year because of like, it seems like a lack of commitment to him, at least maybe in the level that he might think he is. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that pick. I went with Patty Mills. I don't think Patty's starting. Um, because in, in place of Kyrie and, and maybe he passes the threshold because of whatever random injuries on that roster of he plays more than half games in the starting lineup or something like I that. I think he will as well because Kyrie is probably going to miss 50% of the games. Yeah, Kyrie seems complicated. But I think for the sake of like what the starting lineup should be in Brooklyn without those complications, if Patty's coming off the bench, I think that's that's um, an interesting one to me. I mean, like I don't think Patty's had that many threats around him before where he's just going to be able to run through screens in like a Joe Harris-esque way um, for that Brooklyn roster. So I want Patty Mills as my sleeper. So to run it back, Jordan Clarkson, whichever, uh, Joe Ingles, and whichever one of THJ or Brunson is not starting for me, you went with Jalen Brunson, Jordan Clarkson, and I'm saying if you're listening at this point. George Hill. There we go. And then your sleeper was Kobe White. There I we go. With Patty Mills. I, I'm keeping up a little bit. Okay. Um, take your pick. Most improved or rookie? Most improved because it's the one I've been looking forward to doing the most. I feel really good about my number one. So where you're the way you are with draft, like I'm I'm like that with guys that I feel like need to improve. Like I like diving in on guys where I'm like, you're just at, you're just right on the edge of taking that leap, you know. Love it. Do you are do you subscribe to like it can't be a second year guy? Yeah. I feel like you need to have been in the league at least three years and you need to have disappointed in a few of those years. Interesting. I see that. Okay, so um I went first last time. So take the lead. I got here. you. So number one, I've got Michael Porter Jr. fresh off that big boy contract. I think that he was really good last year. It showed um the fact that he can get his own shot, create his own shot, can rebound, can run the offense a little bit. Number two is the one that I'm kind of most high on because he's just had such a, a weird start to his NBA career. And I think he found a good role for himself in Houston last year. So that's Kevin Porter Jr. Oh um, man, that's I'm, a really good one. 
really high on Kevin Porter Jr. right now. Um, <laughs> and then last uh, last one, I told you I had another Celtics guy. Uh, I'm going to swap him out, actually, and put him as the sleeper. So my third option, as most improved, is going to be Kyle Kuzma in a larger role than what mm. he's had in LA playing in Washington. I like it. I like it. I consider putting Dinwiddie, but Dinwiddie's a guy that's already won it before. And I think guys coming yeah, off injury probably don't deserve to be in the conversation for yeah. most improved. It's a weird situation. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like those ones. My first, and I feel really good about this. He's gotten talked up from some other big stars around the league too. Darius Garland. I think Garland is Love going it. to just really emerge this year in Cleveland. Um, he's been getting talked up by, I think the likes of it was like Steph Curry and different guys. He was on the select team for team USA. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that Garland is due for a breakout. It takes point guards a little bit of time to get used to this league and he's just a ridiculous shooter. I think he's got some good finishing potential and and nice assist numbers as well. So Garland is my, I feel really confident with Garland as my first one there. If I had to put money on any of these outside of like lame, stifle tower for defensive player of the year it probably would be garland second i went with keldon johnson love it and it's just olympic experience like you know and also probably an increased role with demar Derozan no longer there i would guess that popovich trusts him a little bit more but a lot of it just comes back to that olympic experience you know i don't know if he's a guy that ever puts up a bunch of numbers but it, which is probably what this a lot of this award is, is like how many more points did you score compared to last year and blah, blah, blah. But I think Keldon is going to take a notable jump this year. And third, I put Shea Gilch Alexander. I know you're a big Shea guy. Um, it's a little rough because his numbers were already so damn good last year. But I think that like Shai is a guy that I think is like an all-NBA guy for the long portion of his career. And I think that next year is the year that that really gets recognized and at least appreciated in the same way because he was damn good last year. Um, But I think it would just be about getting a little bit more appreciated for shy. Um, Who's your sleeper? Robert Williams. Ooh. Ooh. High high impact off the bench. You know, if you can figure out, if you can figure out a a mid-range pull-up shot. Um, he's going to be a short roll nightmare for teams because they're not going to know whether to sag back and protect the rim or to close up and take away that mid-range jumper. He's a exceptionally good passer around the elbows and around the perimeter as well. If you can start um, really cementing some playmaking there and allow, like, kind of let Al Horford teach him how to initiate offense a little bit, I think he's going to be a, a good outside bet for being the most improved. I really like it. I think that's a that's going to be a popular one actually, um, and not even Homer of you at all. I think that. Robert Williams totally deserves to be in that conversation or at least is very has decent potential to be in that conversation. I'm really proud of my sleeper pick here. I went with Terrence Mann. Oh, he played so well during the play. He had that 39 point game seven. Um, He was a really good shooter last year. And a lot of this is like, all right, we need a guy to step up in the absence of Kawhi Leonard. And I I think a lot of that's going to be, Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, Marcus Morris, all just, you know, each picking up the slack a little bit. But I think Terrence Mann really likes cementing himself as a starter on that team um, could be really big. So I'm pretty, pretty proud of that one. Actually, I felt good about that one. Now, these are my, like, I just love rookies. So you first, actually. Oh, mine's easy, dude. I'm just going to run for him straight away. I got 
Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, and then Suggs. Yeah, all solid. Yeah, I and ended in that up... order as well. Okay, I went with Jalen Green first. I think Kate will be the better rookie, but I think Jalen Green's going to have a couple forty-point games, and just like the flashiness of Jalen Green is going to win the popularity contest. So I went with Jalen Green first, and then Cade too. I think it's really hard to not have that as your one two in whatever order. Suggs is a really good third. I actually went with uh, Alperen Shingun. I think that you know a guy coming over from a professional European league. He won MVP in the Turkish league at 18 years old. Um, did show a lot of promise during his time at summer league, and I think just he won't have the same adjustment period as some of these guys. Yeah. And I'm not like as high as a lot of the, the, the name that I loved is Sengunis at the time of the draft. And a lot of Kings fans fell into that, but I do think that he doesn't have the same adjustment to physicality and that'll be really important for him. So, and it's a, a lot of this, like the factors for me, I don't put Suggs because even though I think like he'd probably still be on this list, I don't put Suggs because he has Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton and Markel Fultz all playing there. And Fultz is going to take a little while to come back, I think. But a lot of it has to do with playing time. Like, I think Houston is going to get Shengun playing time, even though Christian Wood's there. They're young. They're going to play a lot of their young guys, um, which I guess Orlando's kind of the same situation. But a lot of guards in Orlando, so that's why I held off on Suggs. And before Kings fans come at me, because this is the place I should have put a Kings player, right? I put out my all-rookie teams the other day, and Davion made the team, just so everybody knows. First team all rookie. So just so everybody knows, it's the same thing I said with Suggs. If I'm not putting Suggs because there's a lot of point guards on that roster, it's the same logic for Davion Mitchell. You know, like I I think he's going to be really solid, but on a team that is trying to win every single night and you have Fox, Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Terrence Davis, the minutes might be a little less than some people are expecting. And this rookie class is really talented. So that's why I put Mitchell there, but I do think he definitely garners consideration. I had him in my all rookie first team, just so everybody knows. Trey Murphy. Nice. Which is weird because like a sleeper, I mean, it's greener Cunningham winning this damn award. So like a sleeper to me is just like a guy that probably is a sleeper to make the first team all rookie or something like that. And the wings on new Orleans roster, specifically the fours, are a little thin. I think Trey Murphy's one of the more NBA-ready guys, a ridiculous three-point shooter who also plays solid defense and just knows his role. And the fact that I think his role is so easily defined um, and he's shown the ability to thrive in what feels like a very NBA role um, because some guys you know, thrived in what I would call a college role during their time in the NCAA. Um, yeah, that's I ended up putting Murphy as my sleeper. What about yourself? I got James Booknight. Um, I, I just think that the fit with him on the um, Charlotte Hornets, the way Barriego runs his or Barrego, sorry, runs the offense there, how in, how like ingenuitive he is with his offensive sets, the speed that they're going to play at, the the floor spacing that's going to be available to him when he's got like Lamelo Ball, he's got um, Gordon Hayward's going to be around him. There's going to be a PJ Washington will probably spread the floor a little bit for him at times as well. I just think that he's going to get opportunities to really light guys up. I can see a couple of 25 to 30 point games throughout the, throughout the season for him. And I just think that's going to be a bonus for him figuring out um, at least getting into like a second or rookie team and being one of those outside rookie of the year candidates. 
Love it. Love it. Um, last thing before I get you out of here, I know it's late. I appreciate the hell out of you for doing this, Adam. And anybody again, Adam Taylor, NBA, definitely follow him. Great NBA coverage in general. Um, a lot of Celtic stuff going on. And I think that um, I don't know why I started talking like that. I got lost for a second there, admittedly. <laughs> I've been trying to do one non-basketball related question at the end of each of these pods. And it's starting to reach the point where I probably don't have to say that anymore because I've done it enough. But I'm trying to come up with a name and I got a couple thrown at me. And I'm sorry, Bryant West, that I don't remember the name you told me because I liked it. And I'm sure you're listening. I'm sorry. I love you. I One of the Kings Herald commenters gave me overtime, though, which I thought was a cool one. So for our overtime segment, question I got for you, Adam, is not on my computer anymore, but I remember it. It is, would you rather lick the bottom of someone's shoe or lick the sidewalk? What do I get in return for doing this? No, you don't get You just have to do one of these things. Do I get to look at the shoe before I lick it? Um, so here's my thinking. The, I feel like if this, you get a pick, like, then I don't know. Like, because what do I get to say? Like, I get to pick the cleanest part of the, I don't know what the cleanest part of the sidewalk is, but. So here's my thinking. Like, I would rather lick the bottom of someone's shoe if they just bought them. Like, no, there's no ago. way that counts. There's no way that counts. No, I like, think that's the smart answer, but I think that's cheating out of the point of this question. Uh, you see, the shoe has been on. You don't know how many sidewalks the shoe has been on. I'm, I'm really happy that shoes. you were like, do I have to do this, by the way? Because if you would have just came out and been like, oh, the sidewalk easy, and you're like thinking of a specific corner already or something, I would have been really concerned. No, so I'm like, look, you don't know how many sh- how many sidewalks the shoe has been on, but you don't know how many shoes have been on that sidewalk. Ooh, yeah. So so it's finding a sidewalk that's got very low foot traffic. What planet or, is the sidewalk on? <laughs> it would depend on what planet the sidewalk's on, or it depends on how much does that person drive opposed to walk and how new is the shoe. So I think there's so a So let's lot of say there. that the sidewalk has been there for six months in a decently trafficked area, right? Yeah, I'm licking the shoe. The shoe has existed for a year. And because I think it's it has to exist, unlo- I think the shoe has to exist unlikely. longer than the sidewalk, it, right? It's highly unlikely that an animal has consistently defecated on the shoe. <laughs> People step in it. Yeah, but it's not all the time. <laughs> it's solid. You know what I mean, like, if you think about how, like, often- how do I not lick shit? <laughs> I'm pissed. Um, yeah, because you think it's not just dogs; it's dogs, it's cats, it's raccoons, it's um, coyotes, ducks, it's bigger ducks, ducks. it's bigger ducks, <laughs> bears. If you've got a bear that just wanders down into the city and bear, like when people ask if a bear shits in the woods, I'm assuming it's because it's a huge shit. Turns out a bear so, shits on the sidewalk. Actually, Yogi probably does. Um, yeah, I'm going with the shoe. I but think I'm it's a shoe. The top of, yeah. You're licking the top of the shoe. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) You're looking for every loophole possible, and you're finding them, too. These are good loopholes. That's hilarious. All right. Yeah, no. I mean, I think uh, I hate that I'm not Can I clean the shoe before I lick it? What if you could clean the shoe and you could clean the sidewalk? No, I'm still cleaning the shoe. I guess you can clean the shoe easier, huh? 
Well, it's just that animals aren't consistently defecating. And, you know, it's not just animals. People piss up against, like, the corner of stores and shit when they've had a drink. I don't know if that happens where you are, but in England, yes, there's a lot of people absolutely. pissing everywhere, dude, when, when the pubs are open. So, um, Is that what taking a piss means? Taking the piss? No, taking the piss means you're giving, like, don't take the piss. It's um, Don't pee on the like, sidewalk. No, no. If someone says, like, don't take the piss, like, you're taking the piss, it's like... um. Are you mocking me? Is it is a way of saying yeah. mock? Like, I'm just no, I got you. Piss. I'm, just, I'm just I'm just taking a piss. I'm just taking a piss. Not taking a piss. Taking the piss. Oh oh oh! Big difference. Taking a yeah. piss means you're urinating. Taking yeah, okay. the piss means you're mocking. Big, you. big difference. I, that one I might not use that one just for safety reasons. Oh, I've got a friend that um he moved from he moved to this country. We were in high school at the time, and um. You know when you're like he's like you're talking about like yo if he keeps saying this or if he if he tries to bully me I'm gonna beat him up. Uh-huh. Or he used he used to say I'm gonna beat him off, and I'm like no oh. dude 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 you can't you can't tell someone you're gonna beat them off like that that doesn't work. Why? What does that mean, Adam? I'm not. This is a family friendly <laughs> podcast, man. So family friendly. Yeah, we're just over here educating people on space, on you know um, san- sanitary safety. I'm licking the shoe before I'm licking the sidewalk. I think yeah. that's given. Especially when COVID's been around, so people haven't really been leaving that house. So that so that shoe has probably seen very little. And I've got shoes I've worn like twice since purchasing. So I just hope that, you know, that person's like me and has a collection of kicks. Yeah. I got to come in with some more clear guidelines on these overtime questions. I mean, I gave it thought, dude. I gave it. You did. No, you did. That's like the best answer I possibly could have expected. And again, I'm just like really proud that your answer was like, do I have to do this shit? Because it would have been concerning. You're like, oh, no, I'm licking my wife's certain shoe or something. That could have gone very wrong there. It could. Like I, I, I picked this with you because I already knew, you know. No, I was on careful. a when he was like, I'm licking my wife. So I was like, uh, oh, yeah, no, no. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode <laughs> of the King's Bulls podcast. Definitely anybody listening, check out all the great work going on at the King's Herald. 30 question series is wrapping up and the season is getting underway. So content is ramping up there for myself and all the other great guys on that site. And if you enjoyed or check out all of Adam's great work as well, as I mentioned multiple times here, Celtics blog podcast does a lot of script writing for what's the site again? I'm so sorry. House of Bounce. House of Bounce um, Mm -hmm. and does general NBA writing as well and if you enjoyed this episode of the king's post podcast please subscribe rate and review and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days